Hi, I'm Roland Kickinger, and you're ready for Off Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to Episode 71 of On Screen and Beyond. This week we are joined by Roland Kickinger. You might remember him from the TV show Son of the Beach as he played lifeguard Chip Rommel. And he talks to us about a variety of things, including the rumor that he will play the role of Conan the Barbarian in the upcoming remake of that movie. And also on this show, we're going to have a second guest, and we will be joined today by um, Tippi Hendren, who is coming back to the show to talk to us. Of course, Tippi was in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds and Marnie, and she's going to update us on the Roar Foundation and her Shambhala Preserve. So uh, that's a little update we'll have for you from her. And uh, then I want to remind you that in the coming months that we have some great guests lined up, some really fascinating guests, including stars from such shows as The Brady Bunch, the Western Laredo, Airwolf, Alice, and uh, famous directors and more, including a very interesting interview with an Oscar-winning writer of the film Rain Man. Now, he's got some great stories. That's coming up in the next couple of months, so stick around for that. We've got some great shows coming your way right here on On Screen and Beyond, and we appreciate you listening to us, and we hope you'll keep doing that. Tell a friend, too. And, uh, you know, we'll see what we can do about uh, getting people you want to hear on here. And uh, that's about it for right now. So let's get right into the Remake Madness coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, Remake Madness, we talked about this one before. It's the remake of Brewster's Millions, which starred Richard Pryor back uh, long in the 80s there. But uh, they're coming back this time and they're claiming not to be making a remake, but another adaptation of the original novel and the adaptation uh you can you know expect to hear that word a lot in the next couple uh probably years who knows what they're going to do but they're going to call them adaptations instead of remakes but uh that's what we're looking at right now. And uh, let's see. The monster that never dies, Godzilla, will be headed for another remake. Or maybe it's an adaptation. Who knows? But anyways, the last attempt was in 1998. And they're going to try it once again with a new Godzilla movie. And let's see. A film about the story of Anne Frank is in the works. Of course, it's been done many, many, many times. And this time, Disney's going to take a crack at it. And that's about it for Remake Madness from On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, we're going to look at upcoming movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, as far as upcoming movies, Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg will star in The Fighter. And it's an early look at the boxer 
Irish Mickey Ward and his brother who helped train him before he became a pro in the mid-80s. So look for a release on that one on 2011. And look for Miley Cyrus and Kelly Preston in the last song to be released on January 8th of 2010. It's a drama that looks at a rebellious girl. I wonder who was playing that one. And uh, she's sent to uh, stay with her father for the summer, and they reconnect through music. And look for Gerard Butler and Jennifer Aniston as they're going to be starring in The Bounty. It's about a bounty hunter who learns his next target is his ex-wife, and it's listed as a comedy. That's coming up uh, in a while. We don't have a definite date on that one, but we'll keep you informed on it. And coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming away as far as sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequels, sequels, and more sequels. Well, it looks like the Wayan brothers are looking at doing White Chicks 2, because they have it on their drawing board right now. We'll keep you updated on that. And it looks like Spider-Man 4 isn't even coming out until 2011, but they are already working on Spider-Man 5 and 6, and they are currently in the writing stages for that one. They're getting a script writer to take uh, charge of that. And uh, also, they are working on a prequel to last, uh, last year's Death Race, which was a prequel to the 1975 Death Race 2000. And I don't know if that sounds as confusing to you, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that. So that's a prequel of a prequel of another movie. Okay, that's about it for Sequel City on On Screen to Be On. Coming up next, what's coming out as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, look for Maxwell Smart to return to DVD in Season 5. And that's also the final season as Get Smart Season 5 arrives in stores on December 8th. And the four-disc set will have the final 26 episodes. And then on November 3rd, Here's Lucy Season 2 makes its way to DVD. And David Duchovny stars in Californication Season 2 on DVD Coming out this week, August 25th, as uh, also uh, we can look for NCIS Naval Criminal Investigation, the complete sixth season starring Mark Harmon, and that's coming out this week also on August 25th. And also on August 25th, The Untouchables Season 3, Volume 1, with uh, Robert Stack as Elliot Ness, and it comes to DVD for you on August 25th. That's about it for TV on DVD on On Screen to Be On. Coming up next, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? <laughs> movies coming out on DVD. A lot of stuff coming out this week on August 25th. That's Tuesday. And look for Adventureland coming your way on uh, Blu-ray. It hits stores this week on August 25th, starring Kristen Stewart, as does Duplicity, starring Julia Roberts and Clive Owen as two spies turned corporate operatives in the middle of a love affair. And finally, also this week, The Informers, starring Billy Bob Thornton and Kim Basinger. It arrives in stores Tuesday, August 25th. That's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next, we have our interview with Roland Kickinger from Son of the Beach. And he's going to talk to us about a lot of different things, including the rumors of his role in the new Conan the Barbarian movie. 
So check that out. And then after, we have a second guest for you. Like I told you earlier, we have Tippi Hendren coming back to have a little talk about uh, her Roar Foundation and the Shambhala Preserve. So stick around for that. A uh, couple of good guests right here at On Screen and Beyond. And it's coming your way right here now on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Our guest today on this edition of On Screen and Beyond is an actor who has appeared in such films as Lethal Weapon 4, Terminator Salvation, and played Arnold Schwarzenegger in See Arnold Run, as well as playing the character Chip Rommel in the hilarious Baywatch spoof, Son of the Beach, the TV show from 2000 to 2002. He is also a former Mr. Universe. It's Roland Kickinger. Welcome to the show, Roland. Hello, Brian. How's it going? Pretty good. Um, Roland, uh, there's... Quite a bit of stuff we want to get into here, but uh, why don't we start off with uh, how did you get start off uh, started in bodybuilding to begin with, and at what age were you? I was in the age of uh, eleven years. I remember, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Stan Stan Lee. His uh, you know his comic uh, creatures he uh, created, such as the Hulk and and Spider Man. You know these things, and they really. Uh, uh, intrigued me when I was uh, a young kid, and I just wanted to look like one of these these creatures. You know, I was a big follower, and you know, then of course, you know, opened up some of these uh, fitness magazines, and uh, and I was I was hooked at an early age. But it did start actually with uh, gymnastics when at an age of four. Oh, I was uh, competing in gymnastics. You know, I was uh, playing in a soccer team. I was a very active kid. Mm-hmm. But uh, weights uh, started with about eleven years old. Yeah. Oh. So in gymnastics, what what did you work on? What uh, what apparatus? Everything. My favorite was the rings. I love the rings. The rings. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it was so challenging, and uh, you know you get such a great uh, de- shoulder development. You know, and that's mm-hmm. why I really prefer the rings and the barn. You know, these these uh, were my favorite. Uh, uh, competition. Yeah, I used to do the rings. I wasn't very good at it, but <laughs> I used to do it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's very challenging. Oh, yeah. You now, still do the flips on the ring, yeah? Oh, <laughs> I don't think I could. <laughs> uh, now, um, as far as uh, fitness, it's always been a big part of your life. And uh, yes. How long do you work out each day? Um, I work out the routine. Obviously, it changed because I don't compete anymore on, on professional levels. Mm-hmm. However, I'm still, uh, you know, the training, going to the gym is a daily routine. I, I incorporate martial arts, I incorporate different kind of weapons like Japanese broadsword, uh, uh, nunchucks, just to keep the, the fluently, keep the movements a little bit going, keep the stiffness away and just get a little bit more fluent in the moves. And, you know, for film work, you know, I do most of my stunts myself, so it comes very handy oh, yeah. uh, doing, doing your own, um, you know, stunts and therefore you want to be prepared. And, and do as much as you can in, in terms of flexibility and stretching and uh, you know, injury prevention, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you're a big advocate of, of uh, eating right and exercising and things like that, correct? Yes. Um, I, I believe in that lifestyle because it initially not only brought me here to the States, but um, it, it is hard, but you gain so much more in the, in, in the back end. And... Uh, you just feel it. The way it makes you feel, it's just uh, so much, uh, you know, a, a different kind of lifestyle without any fitness or 
or healthy nutrition. Yeah. One, one thing that's sad is that uh, the schools, they used to, you know, have gym as part of uh, uh, the regular routine in all the schools, and now they've sort of cut it back so it's not even, you know, sometimes it's not even there. Yeah, in, here in the States, actually, every school has, has a gym facility, and I think uh, as kids you can really take advantage of that and grow up in a, in a healthy gym environment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, you get the scholarships, you have the uh, possibility of getting free college, which is a, an amazing motivation. And uh, I know a lot of, uh, you know, young adults, kids, you know, who want to get uh, into football or or play, you know, like basketball. But, but sometimes, you know, especially for football, they, they need to put a little bit of weight and muscle mass, and I think the gym is definitely the, the best place to do this as a, and using it as a foundation for any other sports as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you always want to be an actor too? As you know, as you were growing up. Yes, I did. Um, I always felt like as a bodybuilder, you're somewhat of a, somewhat an entertainer as well. And uh, acting is not very really far off. I mean, you you imagine you 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 do your posing routine, you know, and uh, you entertain millions of people by doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the acting kind of came natural. I took theater classes uh, and voice classes, as you can. You know, I don't have an accent anymore. <laughs> the accent is gone, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better say yes. <laughs> no, just kidding. But, um, you, you know, um, acting was always a, a big part of it. And I always found it fascinating to, to, you know, make people smile or make people think about certain topics. And and I get more and more into, into films right now where there's really more and more meaning behind it and a little bit of a, you know, uh, story versus uh, you know, other other things. Yeah, now so when, it's very important. When when you started out, uh, of course, everybody seemed to put you in as the the bodybuilder. I mean, you know, I mean, you were a bodybuilder, so they they put you in yeah. as that part. Yeah, but uh, it is really your job, you know, to sometimes go in and uh, you know you can play a lawyer. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's a right. taller, maybe a, you know more muscular guy, but uh, you know the yeah certain certain. Usually, casting sees it a certain way, but you, as an actor, is your job to to convince them uh, that there are other possibilities. You know that you, it, it's it's endless the range you can what you can do. I mean, you're just physically. I mean, uh, a good physique never hurts in right. any kind of uh, role, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I mean, you're six foot what? Six foot five or four or something like uh, that. And... Six, six four, yeah. Right, uh-huh. and you know, <laughs> big guy. <laughs> Well, actors getting taller. They that's, all do get taller, so that's that's good. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> now, yeah. um, what made you decide to leave uh, Austria to come to America? Well, it was always my dream to become an American citizen, which I accomplished just a few a few months back. And uh, um, the, the dream was just by knowing that America has the possibilities what other countries don't have. And if you have a a dream you need to go there where things happen you know mm-hmm. even though i love my you know home country austria but but here you can make things happen and people support you and and i found especially in the sport of bodybuilding you have to be there where the best people are in the world and this is just Venice Beach, california mm-hmm. uh, as everybody knows in this fitness industry that venice is the mecca basically and you know there's joe weeder publication you know way back then how you joe weeder obviously a lot of people know it. he's an icon in, in bodybuilding and fitness who started that, that incredible imperium. And, um, and and I just realized you have to be where things are happening, and, and that's what, what I made my decision to, to make the, the, the jump to, 
to fly over the big ocean and come to America. Now, somebody was asking me, they, when they found out I was going to be interviewing you, they said, um, ask if you were one of the guys uh, through the years that has been, you know, on the Venice beach, you know, working out on the beach there. <laughs> were you ever on the beach? <laughs> well, I did work out on, on the Venice boardwalk. I did do this. I Actually, uh, when I first came over, you know, I didn't have my, my working permit right away, you know, so I... I just kind of post there for the tourists, you know, just to make a little bit of money to mm-hmm. afford the the chicken breast, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, it was a, it is a part of it, you know. You start in Venice, and um, I was living out of a car for for about three months, you know. Yeah. So these were the beginning times, and uh, Venice is definitely still, you know, for most people who come from all over the world, it seemed to be like the Venice. Venice seemed to be the the first step, mm-hmm. and and then, you know, from there you can really make your dreams come true. Yeah. Now, uh, what, who are some of the actors who inspired you to, to get into acting? Uh, certainly uh, Mel Gibson. I, uh, I had the great opportunity to meet him at Lethal Four. Mm. Um, he was really an amazing inspiration for Mad Max on. I was way back then. I was already his, his fan, and uh, you know, and working with him was just an incredible thrill. Um, but there's so many other actors out there, you know, Danny Glover as well, I met him as well, and yeah. uh, um, endless, endless amount of actors, so, um, you know, they, they all seem to be very, uh, you know, professional in what they do, and, uh, you know, from everywhere you kind of uh, take something and, and make it uh, make it your own. Yeah, and, and do you remember your first acting job, what it was? Yeah, of course, it was a short film called, called 15 Minutes of Fame. It was an Andy Warhol refilm. Um, I remember the writer came came to the gym and asked me if I want to be in a movie, and naturally, yes, I said yes. And uh, and uh, I told him to just make sure I, I, I get uh, you know my my chicken breast every three hours. You know, I get my I, I work for the chickens basically. I, this was my my fee. Mm-hmm. You paid me in chickens. You know, that's what I got. <laughs> so, so that's great. You know, I got I got fed and I did what I wanted to do, and uh, I had an enormous blast doing this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, uh, very often you're compared to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, there's a big comparison there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, was he one of the bodybuilders that you looked up to when you started working out? And and is it a blessing or a curse that that you're compared? You know what? I really have no problem with it, and and, and I think Arnold is is one of the best bodybuilders out there ever, and he's um, he's my mentor, and I I, I think you know I'm not on my own here. There are millions of other kids out there who who look up to to him because oh, he's yes. done incredible things in his life, and and I'm just uh, I'm I'm just doing my thing, but uh, I definitely uh, admire you know what Arnold did and so forth, and uh, I mean who wouldn't? Mm, yeah. But you know, however, I, I still you know. I do my my things on my own. You know, I, I do films in India and I do theater. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I sometimes do complete different things. But yeah, for the commercialized, you know, films, you know, there is a similarity, of course. You know, from Austria and you know, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I have really no problem with that. You know, I, I see this as a very positive, uh, positive uh, uh, thing. I absolutely, you know. Mm-hmm. No now, you uh, you mentioned theater. Do you do you enjoy doing theater? I enjoy very much doing theater, yes, um, because it's just the uh, the foundation of acting, and um, you know you have that that incredible high uh, of a live audience, and, mm-hmm. and you have that the challenging part of uh, studying, and you know incredible pages of dialogue. <laughs> 
So no, it is it is very rewarding theater. Certainly. Yeah. Now you've you've played many roles, and when you started, you were you mentioned already that you were in Lethal Weapon Four with Mel Gibson, and you guest starred on TV shows such as Caroline in the City and Home Improvement. But then along came the hilarious show, and I, and, and I loved that show. I thought it was a riot. Son of the Beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And how did you get the part of Chip Rommel on that show? Uh, well, I worked on a show called The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer, which was a Paramount show, and one of the writers was Tim Stack. And, uh, and um, yeah, he was the creator also of the show Son of the Beach, and mm-hmm. one of these days he, he called me in for some reading, and, um, you know, I read for him, and uh, I had several, you know, auditions with different cast members, and uh, um, and I think it was a natural match. Uh, according to him, and uh, you know that's how it started. But I, I basically did whatever actor usually does, you know, auditioning for for a role, and you know, giving the best possible performance, and having. Uh, but the beat show, you know, is this comedy, so somewhat, it is naturally, you know, natural for to play comedy for an Austrian. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that was basically how things uh, started with the beat show, and it was the first uh, uh, national TV show, so there was a. A really good blessing here. Yeah, and I mean, I was so, sorry to see the show go because I, I I thought it was funny. I thought it was well written. Uh, you know, it was a little edgy uh, for some people, I guess, but I thought it was a, a, a funny show. Yeah, it was very clever. Um, you know, and how Sterney was involved as well with Tim Stack, and yeah. uh, you know, it was a good team. You know, FX was the uh, channel who picked up that uh, that show, and um, yeah, it was it was a blast. You know, imagine doing. You know, working and, and 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 the beach is just a few yards away. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was just just a an incredible experience, also. Yeah, yeah. And um, now you also appeared as now earlier you mentioned about you you idolized the Hulk and all those. So, but you actually got to play the Hulk in the disaster movie, right? Yes, there was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Most certainly. Yeah, I mean. Um, like I said, you know, um, I, I had this dream of, you know, I met actually the real Hulk. He's a, a good friend, Louis. Oh, really? Rigno as well. And um, let me tell you, it's, it's just like as a kid, you dream about all these these icons and heroes. And, and then all of a sudden you come to America and you, you meet them, you shake their hands and you say hello to them. And it's it's just a um, very unreal, the situation. But it, it, it can come through. But you have to, like I said, you have to be where things happen. And you can go as far as you want to go, but but meeting Louis, for example, was an incredible, mm. incredible uh, uh, time, and uh, I never forget that. And uh, every Christmas, uh, you know, we would spend uh, in his house and uh, with his family, and he's very welcoming and, uh, and a great guy. Oh, so you got you got to be very close with him, not just uh... yes. The, the whole family is incredible. I mean, oh. they're all incredible hawks. <laughs> 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 no, they're good guys. Yeah. Now, um, this is going to sway off for a minute from from the the, the movies and TV stuff. But uh, I also understand that you're, you're quite a cook. Yes, um, um, I graduated from the culinary school in Vienna ah. and the hotel restaurant management school. That's my real background. So I, I do cook, and and um, I, I there's a lot of passion as an athlete, you know, especially in fitness, nutrition involved. You have to somewhat be a cook as well, and you have to enjoy cooking and. And uh, um, I'm actually doing a fitness show in, in about four weeks. 
Oh, really? And I call it Health Kick. It's, uh, the, the show is very simple. It's about food, fun, and fitness, mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm incorporating very uh, small, high-protein, healthy, organic meals. We have different stars uh, from television and film coming over. Uh, the interview, and uh, you know, they would show me a few things, and I show them a few things. And I, usually, usually exercises you can do at home, very simple, just to to motivate people to to perhaps look into a maybe fitter lifestyle for them. And uh, mm-hmm. and then we would sit down and uh, and then and eat what I've cooked, and just talk about pretty much everything. It's a very very nice loose show about fitness and health. And what's that going to be on? Uh, it will be syndicated. Oh, yeah. Uh, we want to bring it uh, this fall. We want to bring it into into all the channels. And what's the name of it again? Uh, Health Kick. Health Kick. Okay, people uh-huh. should keep an eye out for that one. Then that sounds like it'll be interesting. It will be fun. Yeah, most certainly. And uh, and I think it's a good time right now uh, to to keep uh, people interested into fitness and health. And uh, I mean, it's always been going on, but but we go a little step beyond. I even have my. You know, we we explain how to plant certain herbs. You know how to how to do your how you plant your own tomatoes and green beans and so forth. Oh. So we want to kind of be um, very self sufficient. So we we're not depending on on markets. Mm-hmm. We, everybody who has a yard, a little bit of a yard, they can do their own herbs or or, or vegetables. And we want to bring this a little bit closer to everyone's home. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it's, it's very common in Europe. Everybody seems to grow their own vegetables, their own fruit, fruits, fruit trees, and everything. And uh, I think this this time of age, I think it's good to go back a little bit. Sometimes go back to basics and, and have your own little herb garden or fruit garden, fruit trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to spring this a little bit closer. Yeah. And work as organic as possible as well. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I also wanted to find out a little bit about uh, the the last movie you've done, which is Raven. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Raven was a, is a vampire film. Um, actually, it's a love story vampire film. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a film about uh, um, a couple who are deeply in love, and and the female, the uh, Raven, she uh, she she was bitten by a vampire, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then uh, my character, John Salem, I would then, uh, you know, after a few years of hunting, I would just face her again and uh, wasn't quite sure if I should hug her or kill her. So, so are, you the, are you the vampire killer in the movie? Yes, I'm actually the one who walks away in the end. Uh-huh. I'm one of the few ones. <laughs> actually, the only one who walks away. It's a very nice script and um, very well done. Yeah. And... Um, um, Another another great vampire film. We yeah. need more vampire movies. Well, that's the hot thing right now. Vampire TV shows and movies are, seem to be the hot thing. So <laughs> yes, I think people wanna wanna start dreaming again. They wanna be put in vampire movies. For some reason, they always seem to work unless they're really um, they're not well done. But mm-hmm. but usually, uh, if there's a good storyline involved, vampire films do very well. Also international. Yeah, yeah. And um, and, and this was. This was definitely a good project as well. I mean, you can remember way back when, you know, there used to be, the Universal used to have just about every vampire Dracula movie and, and, and yes. monster movie there was, and it was huge back in the, the 50s. Yes. And <laughs> Everything comes back again. Oh, yes. Our history repeats. 
<laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of everything comes back. Now, I don't know how much you can tell us about this, but there are rumors all over the Internet, and I'm sure you know what I'm heading for here. <laughs> um, the, as you said, things come back, and Conan, the Barbarian, is coming back to film. And all over the Internet, it is uh, speculated that you might be the next Conan. Is there anything you can tell us about that? Wow, you know what? I need to check the internet because I I, I never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to check that. Uh, I, I did meet uh, the director on one of the flights going to Berlin to Europe. I, I met him. We had a little bit of a talk. Um, you know, I wished him all the best for the for the upcoming Conan movie. Uh, but there was no really um, concrete uh, conversation or or decisions made or anything like that. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, my, my agent, they're, they're working, they're talking to, to, to the producers, and there's a possibility, but uh, yeah. uh, it, it's still way, way ahead. I mean, as, as to say anything, it, it would be way, way too early. Right, I understand, and, and but, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I was looking over the things, and I mean, everywhere, you know, the Hollywood Reporter, and the Variety, mm-hmm. and, and all these things, <laughs> and every blog and website there is. Yeah, no, I understand, <laughs> uh, you know, Conan is definitely another icon film, you know, a classic, and and uh, you know, I think the best Conan was Arnold. I mean, there's no doubt, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, it, I believe, you know, if I would be a filmmaker, I would make the film a little bit different. Yeah, maybe oh, yeah. with an upgraded 2.0 version. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> maybe a little bit different. But uh, you know, on the other hand, you know, it, it whatever works, it works again, and and muscles are, are popular. Yeah, and, and and muscles can be back on brought back on screen. Yeah, I think there are millions and trillions of kids who would love to see that again, and there is a, a billion dollar market for all the producers out there to to do tap into this. It's definitely cheaper than CGI. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes uh, you see some of these movies, and like when they remade the Hulk. Um, mm-hmm. To me, the CGI just doesn't look right. You know, if, if like you, you talked about Lou Ferrigno, uh, you know, yes. and it was him. It was real. It was his, it was his body. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but when they do the CGI, they, they blow it up so deformed and, and out of shape that, you know, it's not real. Uh, you know? but, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it has its place. CGI oh, yeah. is wonderful. I mean, in, on Sci-Fi Channel, I love watching CGI. It, it's really incredible, the, the, the possibilities, what you can do with CGI. But I still believe in, in it's, if you have a human uh, personality, a character mm-hmm. who, who has a superhuman strength, for example, a, uh, a guy with, with muscles, for example, I and mean, it takes them years to build like this, and I think that it's more, more um, you know, more real than, than, than a CGI project, and uh, people can identify with, with a human, perhaps on a, on a, on a closer level than with, with uh, CGI work. Mm-hmm, yeah. So yeah, and you know, it's just that uh, it's uh, you know, it just looks real. You know, when you have a real person, it's real, and it's, it just makes a difference. And uh, yes, it had its place. I think a combination of CGI uh, would work pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think they've been trying this right now, but uh, mm-hmm. I still think there's a lot of room for uh, you know, perhaps even Austrian being on uh, screen with big muscles. <laughs> <laughs> You have to talk to your friends, right? To make it happen. 
<laughs> well, Roland, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and uh, we wish you luck. On, wish you luck on all your your upcoming projects and possible projects. And, Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. And I, I'm wondering if you could do us a favor too. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, we have listeners all over the world, and mm-hmm. one thing I have never been able to do is, other than saying it in English is to say, you know, goodbye or whatever in, in English. Um, and I know that you, I understand that you speak four languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you could you say goodbye first in German, then in French, then Italian to our, all our listeners? <laughs> well, we can try. Okay. <laughs> How about I give you the longest word in, in, in German? Do you want to hear that real short? Sure. People love that. It's called Donadamschiffgesellschaftskapitän uh, Kajüte. And what is it? That's one word. <laughs> what does it mean, or can you tell me? <laughs> I can tell you what it means. It means basically the captain of the riverboat. <laughs> okay. In a short version of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, how and, about... Uh, in German, of course, it's Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen is goodbye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, then we have the Au revoir, right? Yeah. French. Ciao. Ciao is always good. Yeah. <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs> okay. Or, or not in our case, because we're going to say see you later, right? Right. There's no goodbye. <laughs> Roland, really, I appreciate this very much, and I, I, it was fun having you on the show. Thanks so much, Brian. Appreciate it. And if, if, if you want to, or you listen, I want to take a look, uh, you can always go on to my website. It's just kickandjoe.com. Yes, I wanted to mention that, because you do have fitness stuff on there. Uh, and, and Yes, some good nutrition tips. You know, we love to get emails, so let yes. it come in. Yeah. All right. Well, and what I'll do is I'll put a link on our website to go to your website So uh, when we post uh-huh. this. Perfect, Brian. Sounds great. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. My next guest on On Screen and Beyond is a past guest of the show who was the star of Alfred Hitchcock's classic The Birds and Marnie, and she is back with us again to give us an update on Aurora Foundation, Shambhala Preserve, and it's Tippi Hendren. Tippi, welcome back to On Screen and Beyond. Well, thank you, Brian. It's very good to be back. Tippi, it's so nice to have you back here, and uh, we want to uh, just check in with you to find out how things are going with your bill that's before Congress. And for those okay. who um, you know may not have heard the first uh, time we spoke to you, uh, if you could give us a, a little, um, you know, idea of what the bill encompasses and how it's doing, that would be good. All right. Well, uh, for the listeners who don't know anything about uh, uh, my other career other than uh, filming and being in films, is that um, uh, we've been rescuing big cats, lions and tigers, since 1971, uh, who have been born in the United States to be sold as pets. And, of course, uh, you know, it's, it's I've never quite understood why anyone would think of an apex predator uh, as a pet. However, mm. they do, and they live, they breed prolifically, and uh, they, they being an, an apex predator, they hurt people and even kill them. And it's an instinct that can never be controlled, and uh, after a very, very long time of dealing with these animals, I thought, why aren't there laws unilaterally yeah. across the United States on a federal basis to, to stop this insanity? And my little kids have had little arms ripped off and been instantly killed by these animals, and, and um, you know, uh, adults as well. There's been over 500 um, uh, um, accidents yeah. and 38 deaths, and uh, it's 
you know, it needs to stop. Yeah. What what needs to happen? And uh, I was successful getting a bill passed in 2003 titled the Captive Wildlife Safety Act, and it passed unanimously in the House and Senate and was um, signed by President Bush on December 19th of 2003. Mm -hmm. It took till 2007 before it was enforced, however. And that just stops the interstate traffic of these animals as pets. The bill I'm working on now, the federal ban on breeding the exotic feline for personal possession is um, uh, in markup at um, in in Washington, and it is being um, you know I've, I I can't accept it because it's um, they've entered into it that uh, the um, circus has to be exempt, mm. and uh. because of the fact that that animals in the circuses have have been um, notoriously um, beaten and uh, treated so poorly mm-hmm. that I can't condone this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm um, I'm very very concerned about the bill because if if um, if uh, they are allowed to breed for the circus, it's such a loophole. Right. Yeah. In the whole thing that um, I find it to be uh, just abhorrent. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, did you see that film on, it was about three weeks ago on national TV? I, I, I was going to say, I, I've seen a lot in the news lately and, and, yes. and things about different things that have been going on with yes. animals. and Bob Barker came on yes. and said, I hope everyone in America stops going to the circus if it has animals in it. Mm-hmm. I, I have advocated that for over 30 years. The Roar Foundation stands behind me on that. Um, uh, almost every animal organization is appalled by this, this atrocity that goes on in the circuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, the, very often you hear about the elephants because when they become fed up with it and they're, they can't stand the, uh, you know, the confinement. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. elephants should be walking 50 miles a day. Hmm. And, you know, they, they hardly ever get off their chains. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, it's just, it's just awful. I, 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 you know, and the, the circus puts out a whole lot of PR that's it's just, it's, um, it's all lies. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in fact, Bob Barker was a guest on uh, the the show about a month or so ago. Oh, we good. had him on, and we also had uh, Stephanie Powers, who mm-hmm. uh, has mm-hmm. you know was working to uh, help help animals like that. Uh-huh. So uh, it's uh, it seems like it's been in the news quite a bit lately. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the hopefully people will listen, and um, you know that's not the way to see to show. People say, well, I, I want my kids to see these animals. Well, that's not the way for them to see the animals. Mm. Yeah. This is not normal for an elephant to stand on their head or right. sit up or, you know, um, it, it isn't normal. Yeah. We, we um, um, rescued a circus elephant, a cow elephant, and um, she had almost killed two trainers, tore the tent down, and they were going to kill her. Wow. That's what they do. They call them a bad animal. Yeah, yeah, blame And we the said, animal. no, no, we'll take her. And they said, you're crazy. She'll kill you. Well, Brian, she was an angel because all she had to do was be an elephant. Yeah. And go walking up the river with Timbo, our bull elephant, and splash around in the lake. And, you know, it was an entirely different animal. 
Yeah. So, so do you have the tigers and, and I mean, obviously you must have them separated, right? Uh, the animals, you know, the elephants and the tigers, or do they? Oh well, our elephants lived out their lives here. Timbo came to us in '72, and he uh, he died when he was 48. Mm. And Cora, our circus elephant, who was with the Circus Vargas, died when she was 43. Uh. She died of a massive heart attack. And I think the circuses are very hard on them. Mm. I'm sure they are. Yeah, and just emotionally as well as physically. Yeah. Uh-huh. Terrible. Now, um, the other thing is, why? I mean, this is probably a foolish question because it's it's the government. But they seem to be very slow in acting on these things, and and then when they they do, they they seem to water things down. Yes. Um, and I, it is beyond my comprehension. It's absolutely it's, beyond my comprehension. Yeah, they just don't. Uh, uh, I don't know if they're, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just maddening that that things like this happen, and they and it, and they take so long. Like you say, it, you in two thousand three, it was enacted that that bill you did, and not till two thousand seven did it actually. Was it enforced? Yep. Jeez, just so slow moving. Yeah. Well, the wheels of government are square. Yep. Jeez. And they flop over and stay there for six months. Right. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's very. It's. it's uh, very interesting to watch the wheels of government. Yeah. Now, shortly after um, we had you on the show, uh, of course, Michael Jackson passed away. And you, I presume you still have uh, his two oh, tigers? Thriller, Thriller and Sabu, yes. Uh, we've had them since uh, 2006 mm-hmm. uh, or five. Well, yeah. Whenever Michael decided that he was never coming back to Neverland. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, the veterinarian, Dr. Martin Dennis, was asked, who was uh, Michael's veterinarian, and he was my first veterinarian, asked him to find the best homes for all of the animals, for the giraffe and the orangutan and, and the tigers and uh, the elephant and, uh, you know, all the, different, all the different animals, the reptiles. And um, so uh, Thriller and Sabu came to, to sh- the Shambhala Preserve. Now, I understand that there were four in the litter, and uh, they were bred specifically for Michael. Oh. And uh, there were two ti- tigers, two lion, uh, two tigers, and he named the two male tigers uh, um, Sabu, mm-hmm. and the, he named the two um, female tigers Thriller. Oh. And the other two went to a place in Texas, but they changed their names. Ah. Um, so there was a little, a little flurry going going around that. Um, Two people, two two facilities say they have Thriller and Sabu, but uh, there were uh, two sets. Yeah. Now, you know, even now it's been a while since his passing, but people are still looking for ways to honor him and things like that. Is there anything people can do if they're that if they would like to help uh, help you with the expense and care of these animals? Well, that would be wonderful because we never received any any finance any financial help mm-hmm. from uh, from Michael. Yeah. Or his companies, um, and you know that would be wonderful. We built him a great, big, huge compound, and it borders the lake, and it's it's really wonderful for them. Yeah. Um, and that would be that would be wonderful if if we if uh, people could help. You know, we're having an extremely difficult time with the economy as it is right now. Right. And it would be a a very beautiful gesture to Michael because he really loved those animals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really, um, as far as I know, he he thought of animals as as um, 
his his favorite beings because mm-hmm. they never lied to him. Yeah, yeah. You know? Now, is there a place, a uh, website or something that people can go to? Yeah, it's uh, Shambhala, you know, the www's, and, and uh, Shambhala, uh, S-H-A-M-B-A-L-A dot org, like organization, mm-hmm. O-R-G. And that, that would be wonderful, and if they feel in their heart to write to their congressmen and senators that that to please pass this bill banning the breeding of the exotic feline, that would be a huge help. Great, yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. And uh, I, I thank you for taking time to talk to us, but I want to just uh, take another second here to let people know of events that you're going to be heading into uh, in the next month or so, uh, so they can, uh, if they want to meet you or uh, help out with the yeah, Lore Foundation. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Now, that's all on, all on our website as oh, well. Oh, it is. And we keep, um, you know, updating and all that sort of thing. But uh, we're going to have a, um, uh, I'm going to be up in, in uh, uh, around the San Francisco area. Mm-hmm. In Orinda. Orinda. Yeah. Uh, for a, a film festival, and they're going to be screening the birds. And uh, uh, I'm going to be there for a question and answer. And, uh, and those are always fun. I love doing those. Yeah. So. I'm sure people love to see you there, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, you know, it's 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 fun and and uh, it's it's interesting talking about those films and uh, and especially because of the special effects that were used in the birds and what could be done now. Mm. Oh yes, yeah. You know, I mean, it's really really kind of exciting. We have a um, a gallery that's uh, going to be um, uh, showing uh, 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 paintings. Exotic painting, uh, exotic animals, mm-hmm. and um, and that's going to be in September as well, in Beverly Hills. Oh, in Beverly Hills, California. Okay. Yeah. And we have our members meeting. Uh, uh, actually, it's a it's a big picnic, and we have all kinds of fun things to do, and and auctions, and uh, it's at the preserve. Mm-hmm. So quick, if you become a member, you can come to the party. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and. Um, Oh, let's see. Well, you, you know, just to check in on, on activities and and uh, fundraising events, that uh, that would be wonderful. Yeah, that would be good. That would be, yeah. And like I say, I, I happen to know about the one specifically on September 18th in Orinda, uh, California, and uh-huh. uh, because of uh, some connections I have there. So. <laughs> oh, good. Are you going to be there, Brian? Unfortunately, I won't um, because I'm, I'm not on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast, so I oh. won't be able to be there. Uh-huh. But uh, I wish I could. That would be so, fun. It doesn't take long to get out here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then you could zip down and see the Shambhala Preserve. Right, yeah. I hope to, yeah. Someday I hope so. Um, I hope to head out there and uh, go down and, and, and see it. I, I, I think I'd enjoy it. And... Well, I think you would. Yeah. I think you would. You could see these beautiful killers. Yep. <laughs> Isn't it ironic that, that the powers that be when all of the animals were created on our planet that that the predator would be so beautiful i know uh yeah geez. and so charming and so funny and so lovable and yet in an instant they could hurt you or kill you oh yes jeez. Yeah. isn't that a, it's a dichotomous situation mm-hmm. yep yeah definitely jeez. well tippy um you know i want to thank you so much for for talking to us again we always enjoy having you on the show well thank you and um hopefully all these uh your your bills will pass, and oh. uh, people will help support uh, your Roar Foundation. 
and uh, you know take a take a visit to uh, the Shambhala Preserve and and now it, did you say if I remember right you said that's once a month. Once a month, we're open to the public open on a reservation and small donation mm-hmm. uh, basis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we're not uh, open to the public, so per se. Yeah, yeah. All right. And um, once again, I will make sure that we put a link to uh, the Roar Foundation and the Shabala Preserve on our website when we oh, post okay. this. And, uh, Thanks, Brian. And thank you so much for being with us again. Well, I appreciate you calling me all the time. It's wonderful. And I'll look forward to another chat with you. And, of course, we want to thank Roland Kickinger and Tippy Hendren for both being guests on On Screen and Beyond. It's always good to have uh, Tippy on the show, and we hope to have her again sometime. And we will also uh, be having some more great guests coming away. Like I told you earlier, we've got uh, very shortly, we are going to have someone from the Brady Bunch right here on On Screen and Beyond once again. And we're going to have going back into the 60s, look at some more westerns. And we've got a guy from Airwolf and we've got somebody from Alice and we've got directors and we've got everything coming your way. So stick around. We've got some great shows, great guests, and it's all right here on On Screen and Beyond. So that just about does it for Episode 71. And we will be uh, having our next episode coming your way with another great guest. And, uh, of course, uh, if you keep looking at our website, sometimes we will post when we were going to have a guest. And if you have a question for that person, then you can send us an email with your question, and your question might be asked. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, just, you know, sort of keep looking at the webpage right at the beginning. We'll tell you if we have any guests coming up that uh, you can do that on. And, in fact, uh, there's one up there right now. So if you uh, hurry, you can do that. And uh, that's coming up right here on On Screen and Beyond. So that's a bit about it for today. So until next time, this is Brian saying take care. Thank you.